0: Hollywood is rated LGBT Radio starring your host, Rob
1: Watson. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this installment of rated LGBT Radio. And I am your host, Rob Watson. And I'm going to say good morning, good afternoon, good day, good evening, wherever you happen to be listening to this podcast from, uh, we welcome you. Uh, I have to say that because uh, we've got some really special guests, and it's morning their time, so they are just waking up. They are calling in from Australia, and we are super excited to talk to them. It is going to be a very, very big day for them as um not only are we talking about their brand new film called Still Me but that film is actually going to premier- be premiering just a few hours after we record this uh, broadcast so um yeah this is a big day for them and it is um coinciding with the uh Wear Purple Day in Australia and they're going to tell us about that so um Super, super, super excited. I'm really excited for today's episode. Um, again, we're talking about another film, and like I said, it's called Still Me. It is a follow-up film to a film the same uh, group made a, a few years ago called Mass. And Mast, um has acquired more than 2 million views on YouTube. Uh, it's been screened around the world in film festivals, and it's been seen on television in the UK. Um, the thing about these films, and it's it it, it sort of last week on the show we um, had the star and director of the new film um, Firebird, and one of the things that was great about that film, uh, there are a lot of great things about that film, but but one key point about it was is authenticity because they wrote the story from the man who had actually lived it, and they actually hung out with that man before his death. And so there was an authenticity to the film because it was so true and so influenced by the person who actually lived it. That is so true of the films um, that our guests have made as well. Um, Still Me is um, a film that is, the heart and soul of being uh, non-binary and through the eyes and experience of a young person going through it. Um, It is made by young people, young LGBTQ people, uh, for LGBTQ people and others um, to understand that experience. Um, Likewise, uh, masks, you know, it's like these are stories being told by the people and the generation of people who are living them. Um, so they're, they're important just on that standpoint alone, but there's so much more than that. And we will be talking to them very shortly. So waiting on deck is uh, producer Michael Hardinge and the co-director of the film, Jay uh, Becken- Beckerleg. And um, we were going to get to them very, very shortly. But first I want to bring on my esteemed co-host, the editor of the L.A. Blade, and, and seasoned journalist Brody Levesque. Brody, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, Rob. Good afternoon and uh, good Friday morning to our Australian uh, listeners. Uh, this is an exciting day, uh, and I can't wait uh, to talk to Michael and, and the crew and find out more about this film. But that said... Instead of talking about the news, I'm going to talk about one particular thing that just took place uh, this week. Um, during her podcast this week, conservative right-wing pundit Candace Owens attacked the 13-year-old trans daughter a former National Basketball Association superstar, Dwayne Wade, and his wife, actress Gabrielle Union. Uh, Gabrielle, if you're listening to this broadcast, you have my... Absolute apologies. Uh, You and I have spoken before in the past, and I'm just really not happy about this. In her podcast, Owens misgendered their child and then claimed that the reason their child was trans was because, quote, there was an absence of masculinity in that child's life. Uh, During her commentary, Owens said the following, quote, his son now says that he is a woman and Dwayne Wade is. This is who he's always been. No, it's not, Owen said. You're not going to tell me that your child is wearing long nine-inch nails and a belly shirt because that's just how they came out. And then she added, did he learn it from Instagram? Did he learn it in school? Did he learn it in a music video? Your child learned this behavior because there was an absence of masculinity in that child's life, and that makes sense for a basketball player. You know, here's the thing. Uh, The weights have been extremely, extremely supportive not only of their daughter Zara uh, but with generous uh, donations made via their Wade family foundation they've extended their support to the entire lgbtq community owens on the other hand who, ho- who hosts her podcast on conservative conservative commentator ben shapiro who's another transphobic piece of rubbish on his daily wire network has long been critical of the lgbtq community I'm not going to go through all of it, but if you go to uh, com, I just published a story, headline, Candace Owens Attacks Trans Child, a former NBA superstar in the podcast. If you scroll down to the, there's an excerpt. You can listen to her misgender and just be just whatever, and then go all the way down in the article, and I've listed out every horrible thing that woman has ever said. I am really, really, really over these people who think it's their right to attack children i am over these people who think that it's their way or the highway i am over these people okay that use you know the mythology of a bunch of bronze age you know sheep sexting goat herders to dictate to the rest of us the way life is supposed to be i'm just over it and so candace owens okay who by the way is being sued uh for liable by another right wing pundit and lord knows I hope that twenty million dollar settlement dings her. But the Candace, you know, it's time that you put on your big girl pants, left the LGBTQI community alone. You don't have to deal with it. We would prefer not to deal with you. And as far as I'm concerned, yeah. So there's my rant, Rob. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, um thank you for that, Brody, and um, I, you know, and to be fair, if, if we have to be fair, um, I don't think Shapiro and Owen's basis is from any kind of religious um, background. This is just arrogant ignorance, um, and it is dangerous. Um, one of the things I love about the films that we're going to be talking about is that these films show the effect of on kids of that kind of rhetoric and ignorance and arrogance. I mean, uh, Kenneth Owens doesn't know this child. She she wasn't there. And I've got news for Miss Owens. No human being comes out with um, acrylic nails out of the womb. None. Zero. Doesn't happen. I mean, it's like it's, it's, that is the ultimate in stupidity. Um, and the arrogance that any of these people – can dictate to families the um, the raising and nurturing and support of a child and that child's identity, whether that child is straight, gay, bi, trans, non-binary, whatever, is absolutely none of their business. And with the suicide rates that they inspire, they are dangerous. They are emotional, intellectual terrorists, um, to go on the air and talk like that. So, um, as you can see, Brody, I kind of
2: agree with you. Yeah, well, I know. As, as far as I'm concerned, you know, it, it's Candace Owens is little more than, you know, just a piece of rubbish. I mean, it's, you know, I, I really, truly wish there was such a thing as a Celestial, you know, toilet, because she would be the first one that I would flush. I, I just am really over them. You know, it's difficult enough you know, being a kid, it's even more difficult when you are going through a metamorphosis, you know, through adolescence, and you're still trying to sort things out, whether it is your sexual orientation, your gender identity, or just trying to pass English, you know, it's not easy. And it doesn't really help that you get this level of irresponsibility from people like Owens. And it's just, you know, I don't know, I, I,
1: well, she, uh, yeah, she's not than... meant to be responsible. She is, she's an Damn. opportunist. They, they, are, they are selling a product. Their product is to hate trans people. They're selling it to a base. It is to make money for themselves. They, have, they are no concern for the greater good of humanity in any shape or form. Um, and, you know, if they want to talk about principles, they, there's no reason why they would go attack a specific child, period. I mean, it's, it's, it, 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 it is horrific, and it is because of their own egos. That is, that is what it is, pure and simple. And that is probably what makes it the most evil, because they are doing um, horrific things to people for their own gain, their own selfish gain, their own notoriety, She wants her niche in the world as being this outspoken conservative, um, you know, and and leveraging off who she is, Um, and and that's it, you know, pure and simple. And she has no other value um, that she really has to add. She brings nothing new to the table. I mean, these are are debunked myths um, from years ago, Um, all this nonsense that she's spewing. So there's nothing new there. It's just, you know, putting her face on it. And that is
2: actually pretty sick on her part. Yeah, I'd dearly <laughs> love to throw a bucket of water on her ass to watch her melt into the cement. Anyway, um, <laughs> we should probably go to the, <laughs> the, to the film. Because that's a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you started
1: talking about throwing things at people, Brody, I, yeah, let's go to our more mature guest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're about ready to go into timeout, young man All right, <laughs> all, right, all, right. <laughs> all right, all right Let's, let's, let's get serious Because we, we have something really great to talk about here um, So the new film Is called Still Me um, It is And if you are listening to The recorded version of this podcast Chances are you. And, and please listen to the end of our podcast First But you can, after you get through listening to this you can switch over, go to YouTube, and find the film Still Me and watch it. And with that, I'd like to bring on the um, producer of the film, Michael Hardinge, and the co-director, Jay Beckerleg. Sorry, Jay, I keep scrambling for your last name. Welcome to the team, or welcome to the show, you guys.
0: Good morning. Thanks
1: for having us, Brody and Rob. (laughs) No no problem. I, it's and like, good afternoon uh, and, for you, uh your time. Yeah, it's like it's way after lunch here. Yeah. But um yeah, so are you guys sufficiently woken up? You're gonna have an exciting day today. The premiere of the film.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, launch day here, um and across the world. It's uh T minus uh one hour and forty seven minutes until it premieres on YouTube. So um, very, very exciting. So I'm sure if you are watching or listening to this in the future, um, it's already out there. So yeah, very exciting day for us.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, and it's coinciding with, um, the wear purple day. Um, and I know we have similar things here in the U S can you tell us exactly what that is for Australia?
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. So, um, this might be something that Jay wants to chat about. Jay, do you want to tell us a little bit about We're at Purple Day?
3: Yeah, sure. So Wear are at Purple Day is something that we celebrate here quite especially, like in our local area um, with our local council. It's something that we're quite big on supporting and it's a nationally recognised thing. So um, every year there's a theme. So this year's theme is bringing attention to the conversation around gender and sexuality that need to happen all year round and 24-7 not just on this singular day and wear it purple day. Wear it purple day is to bring attention to different issues the LGBT community is facing, but it's really important that each year we focus on what our new sort of goal is or theme is. And this year we're um, really lucky and really supported by the theme of like, yeah, bringing that conversation 24 seven year round. That's excellent.
1: And, and honestly, um, you know, we're, had we known, we would have worn purple <laughs> ourselves um, and, and probably should be. Um, I want to ask you both, um, I'm sure you heard our conversation that we were having before um, we brought you on. Um, both the films you've made, Still Me, and the film that proceeded at Mast, um, both are very introspective films, each one from the uh, viewpoint of a young person coming to terms with their identity and the um, trying to break into the world around them uh, with that identity. What is your feedback to these pundits and these really troll Candace Owen who feel the need to um, denigrate people they don't even know? Um, what, what, what words would you like to say to them?
3: Um, just why? (laughs) Like, it makes no sense, I think, in my head. It just, there is so much hatred in this world, and we're all looking for the same thing you'd think, which is peace and, um, you know, equality. And it's really hard to understand how someone could have such a negative mindset towards just a group of people, um, you know, and, and a community that... Is honestly, it's so loving and just, you know, wants the best for everyone, and it's a really amazing community to be part of. Um, and I think it's really weird how, like, why would you not want to support that and be involved in sort of this, this, you know, movement of love, realistically?
1: Very well said. And I, I will note that, um, Brody. Um, see, this is what people do when they're not throwing water at people. Um, FYI. This-
2: Okay, all right. Okay, I still prefer <laughs> okay. my solution, but all
1: right, I'll go with the mature one. Yeah, a little wizard of Oz there. there. Um, so, speaking of of community, um, Jay, the 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 community behind um, you and Michael are a group of young people that these stories have come out of. Can you tell us a little bit about that community? Uh, specifically the Knox Rainbow Action Youth Group?
3: Yes, yeah, so I've been, this is a sort of a new group. We've had different council groups run for a few years now, which I was the, the co-director of MAST as well alongside Michael a few years ago. Um, so as that group sort of evolved and a lot of the people that are in that group of our moving into this group that we are now, it's just got a new name. Um, But we've had a massive focus on improving our local community surrounding LGBT topics, um, and that's in schools and supporting like our local providers with youth services, um, with our wellbeing leaders in the local area, and just trying to create that positive change for LGBT youth in surrounding us and to create that positive and supportive environment as much as we can in our local area. And creating these films has made us be able to try and support it and do more of an outreach thing with, you know, even just the comment section on Mast and, and we're hoping still me takes you know, takes along the same path with the comment section of how supportive everyone is of each other and people being able to watch something they actually relate to and they can go, Oh, like someone else feels like me and having that connection to something can really be helpful for someone who is especially feeling alone, um, in these times or doesn't have someone to connect to who's maybe on the same path as them. So, the group really focuses on, on trying to create that change and that positive and supportive change to the best
1: of our abilities. You brought up something I thought that was really kind of fascinating. Um, in the film mask, the character um, is looking at somebody else coming out as trans online and then and they're really it, it was a, such an interesting scenario because they they're elated by seeing somebody they relate to, and then they go to the comment section of that video in the movie, and they see all the horrible trolling that goes on, and it sends them way off in the other direction. Um, and, Jay, to your point, um, a lot of the comment section of math was hugely supportive, really uplifting to read. Did that surprise you that that you – generated so much positivity and, and there was not or, 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 or was there any kind of trolling that, that you guys had to deal with?
3: I think Mike would best answer this because like, Mike would have been the one to, if there was anything bad, I think Michael had a bit more control over the comment section.
0: Yeah, look, we were, Rob, we were really surprised at how positive it was. Um, I don't think you could ever get away with a YouTube video having a little bit of, um, you know, trolling every now and again. But I think overall, you know, if I'm talking about maybe a handful of comments versus I don't know how many thousands of positive and uplifting comments there are there. Um, you know, you'll never you'll never get away from trolls but i think the uh the good thing about that is is even if they do comment it means um we use that advertising revenue to make more films so thanks trolls um for supporting the project <laughs> um, but yeah really um yeah it it's certainly a small a very small margin of people that um you know feel like they need to waste their day to say something negative to someone else
1: yeah and it was it was good to read a lot of those because it felt like somebody who watched the film who was grappling with issues with themselves could then go to the, to, I mean, this was Jay's point just a few minutes ago, you know, they go to that, that comment section. And it was also very therapeutic and, and, and helped. So it it was, it was really a a great thing. Um, I want to take you guys both back to your youth, which was what, oh, maybe five minutes ago um, and, and how you started um, Michael, you started the um, the company uh, Momentum at age 17. And, Jay, I know you've been part of that group, you know, very young and um, doing a lot of action before you turned it into film and storytelling. Um, what brought you both to this drive to tell these stories?
0: Yeah, great question. I guess um... – Well, ever since I was young, um, I had always been uh, the kid that kind of had a video camera in his hand, wanting to make like little videos with my family and things like that, trying to make people laugh. Um, But I worked out relatively early that I was pretty good at telling stories. Um, So I kind of transitioned that into, you know, videos and filmmaking and eventually realized that I might actually be able to... um, you know, do this thing that I'm really passionate about for a living. So I started the production company, as you said, when I was 17 in um, 2013. And um, yeah, it just really grew from there. I'm I'm so grateful that I have the ability to not only, um, you know, tell my own stories, but collaborate with other young people to help um, share stories that are really important to them as well, um, that, you know, hopefully uh, makes an impact on other people's lives.
1: And Uh, how about you, Jay?
3: Yeah, so it's been, it's been a full process. So I started with the local council when I was 14. I started like as a young person in their group. Um, I went there first as a 13-year-old, and once I turned 14 was when I started in their youth groups, and I'm now 18. So I've been there for about four and a half years now, and it, it is amazing from transitioning to more of a... Um, support group where I started which was more learning and discovering and working out who I was and this like journey of self-discovery and as well as that learning and meeting other people who are like me in the same sort of situation and just getting that support along the way was really important when I first came out especially with dealing with more social things. And then, so, like, moving on from that, I went to more of a social group, and that social group is where Mast was born, where we decided that, you know, we didn't just want to hang out every week, we also wanted to create change and do something really cool, and along that came this storyline, and with that came a film, and that and that was a massive change for us. After Mast was born, we transitioned into a new youth group, which was the Knox Rainbow Youth Action Group, and... With that, um, we decided to make another film, which is what's coming out in, what, just hour and a half? Hour and 20? No, 36 minutes. Hour and 36 minutes to go. Like, it, it, it's, it's massive for us. And so creating that positive change over the last, like, four and a half years and this process that the groups have gone through at Knox and myself especially, it's been really cool. And to do that with um, this and to do the films with the help of Momentum has also been an amazing experience.
1: And that seems to be one of the themes that everybody around the film is talking about: is the family that you all have created, that that these are now the the byproducts of. Um, in the film *Mass*, the first film that uh, you put together with this group, um, uh, Kelsey Adelaide is the is the lead in that film, and also then appears again in *Still Me*. Um, what was uh, how did that evolve with Kelsey? And how has Kelsey kind of flowed with within the two films, uh, being front and center in terms of uh, kind of the well of emotion behind the, both of them?
3: Um, yeah. So they, um, I remember that their like audition was like they never even applied for the role in Mask. The one they actually got, they applied for the friend. Um, and you know, that evolved and we were like, actually, no, <laughs> we would really like you to play the main and that that's how it all happened. Um, and that was really exciting and we are, we were so happy and ecstatic with how that turned out and just the process of that and working with Kelsey was just amazing. Um, they are an amazing actor and we... Quickly knew after we made masks, we went, if we are making another one, we've got to have them back. <laughs> so, that is, that's, that's our process. And so, Kelsey knew that if we ever did it, they, they were probably going to be on board um, if, if they could work it into, into their schedule with other things. So, we were so lucky enough to have them back. Um, and we wanted to make sure that Still Me wasn't just, I guess, you had to watch Mask to watch Still Me. Um, it was its right. own film. Um, but also that it's somewhat related to it. So, cause there was probably people going like sequel or they need the storyline continued or they need to know more or what happened from there. And cause Mars was left just like sort of at this perfect spot, but as well, just like you wanted more. So that's what we've tried our best to do. And we really do hope we uh, succeed in that.
1: Yeah. It, and it's kind of ironic because Kelsey becomes the friend in Still Me. So they, they kind of, uh, predestined their eventual, uh, um, uh, value in, in the, the second film, um, by, by filling out that, that particular role. Well, one of the things Still Me is really extremely important and groundbreaking in is that it is not just a transgender movie but it is really about the non-binary experience. Um, can you both talk to that a little bit and and how how that focus became the theme and um, what is the importance of that?
3: Yeah, so we we made sort of um, masks with sort of surrounding. We had a lot of trans guys in the group at the time um, when we originally made masks, and I think that's why it's sort of we pushed the focus on that because we went... We knew we wanted to make a trans film, but deciding on sort of which avenue we were going to go down and sort of which area we were going to focus on in the trans community was something we had to come up with. And we decided on that knowing that when we make a film, we want to make it to the best of our abilities onto true life experience and to have people who with living experience commenting on it and giving sort of that overview on it and that look onto it. So so we knew we were doing it right and that was really important to us all. Um so that's how math ended up sort of being like an FTM based film. And then when we did still me, we didn't want to do that again. We sort of wanted to have a new avenue and explore something else where we could connect to a wider community. And with that, um, we decided like. But I think early on at the start, we went, yeah, like this is what we want to do. And so when we decided that we were going to focus on a character with a non-binary identity, it was something that we really had to explore and we really had to have a focus on doing it right. Once again, we knew it worked with masks, we knew we did it well um, with the feedback we got. So we wanted to replica and do that again. And um, (laughs) I really hope we have, but... So we did that through um, having young people in our group, like doing the film, being there at film days and being a part of it who have that identity um, and are in that community, as well as we did a survey quite early on to learn and we put it out there. um, I think it was worldwide. um, We posted this survey um, and we just got responses and to learn more as much as we could um, surrounding it and so we could really focus on what, like, we could put together and make the, make the best thing, uh, best film we could.
0: And one, we also well, really lucked
1: did. out with our
0: cast as well. Oh, sorry to interrupt you there, Rob. <laughs> um No, no, good yeah, like, that was where uh, I was going
1: to go next, but yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, well,
0: really lucked out with our cast. Alana Parkin is an incredibly talented actor um, who also happens to be non-binary too. So it was really uh, like a match made in heaven there to be able to, Um, hear the non-binary story from someone who is non-binary and have that lived experience really brought to the role. And, um, you know, once you do watch the film, you will really see that um, it is exceptional performance. And I think, um, you know, that lived experience has really helped um, us tell that story in such a beautiful way. But, yeah, as the group got more diverse and, um, you know, we we realised that there was a lot more we could tell story-wise it was um, yeah really, really rewarding to be able to have this film kind of explore another dimension to the LGBT community.
1: Yeah, and that's, um, going back to Jay's comment, I wanted to just chime in from as an outside point of view. I think you did an incredible job um, in the film. I, and like I said, I think the, um, it is actually very, very groundbreaking because it is, workings of a non-binary individual and their struggle. We, I mean, we can't hear it too much because obviously there's so much education that needs to be done for uh, people who are dealing with being transgender um, and transgender in sort of that binary way of, you know, I'm, I was born and everybody thinks I'm this, but I'm actually, boom, over here, and this is my identity. But so many um, people, especially young people, are actually identifying that I'm not this, but I'm also not that. And I think that is a harder concept for a lot of people in the older generations to even understand what is being talked about. And so the fact that you guys made this film, um, and uh, Alana is incredible in in the task that they undertake that they have to carry this film through their own emotional expression i mean um they they are their eyes and their their emotional weight through every scene is is what makes the film and you guys captured it so um perfectly I mean, I think it it should be super impactful, but more, I think it's important. I think this is important to show to people who don't understand what that experience is like. Um, Tell us the process of of finding Alana and getting them on board. Well, we really lucked out um, having
0: Alana um, you know, be the the perfect person for the for the um the role. Really, I think one of the things we were really mindful of is um both finding the person who's going to be able to tell the story uh, uh performance wise the best to their ability, um, but also finding someone who did have that lived experience. Definitely someone within the LGBTQ community because um, we want to make sure that we have you know um, LGBT people representing LGBT stories. Um, I. I, it was just a match made in heaven, really. I remember the um, the audition with Alana um, and it was just, you know, just listening to like um, them chat about how passionate they were about telling this story and then seeing the, um, you know, the the character of Bailey come to life within that was, um, you know, I think we all kind of knew very, very quickly uh, who we were going to be going with um, for the character of Bailey. So yeah, we were really, really lucked out there. Um you know, the end product really does, as you said, show the intricacies of, um, you know, playing a non-binary character. And I was really interested um, as well um, as a, not quite an outsider because I'm a member of the LGBT community, but as someone who personally didn't know a lot about the non-binary space, it was really exciting for me and my team at Momentum to kind of just let the young people and the cast who did have that lived experience uh, there kind of drive the film and we kind of just supported them whatever way we could with the production elements to kind of, yeah, help them tell their story.
1: Yeah, no, it, uh, I, that's excellent. And again, I, I love that, that fact that you, you all work so organically, um, from that. What was the production process like? I mean, what, I mean, this, you both make it sound so easily that you had ideas and boom, there was a film. And I know it is much, much more intricate than that. What, what hoops did you have to go through to get this produced and to such a beautiful level? I mean, I keep looking at just the promotional poster uh, for it and it's just, you say so much in just this image of, of uh, Alana with the, the chalkboard in the background and, um, you know, it it's making its point in so many ways.
0: Well, we certainly had
1: a lot of hoops to
0: jump through. Um we I, I don't know if you heard about it overseas, but there's this little um there's a little virus running around at the moment. And um <laughs> that's that certainly through a, heard spanner a rumor. in um, <laughs> yeah. That certainly through a spanner in the in the works a little bit there. I um you know, we originally started uh beginning the process of this in late 2019 i think we started talking about applying for a grant to get funding through this and then we started i think our first production meeting for this was in uh february of last year and then pretty quickly realized that we weren't going to be able to um you know kick start this as quick as we wanted to because it was actually meant to be finished um you know mid last year um so it was certainly a bit of a challenge to work through that i think nearly every single meeting except one or two were all done remotely so as um filmmaking is one of those things which is incredibly intricate time consuming and takes a lot of resources especially when you're collaborating with so many different people to um do effectively and quickly so uh you know when you then throw in the fact that none of us can be there in person together to actually bring this huge uh production to to scale, it was really um, quite a challenge to get this done. And I, I think we um, certainly spent a lot more time than we originally thought we needed to, to, to make sure that we did everything to um, give the, the film the justice that it deserves. And um, fingers crossed, even though it was a, a year and a bit late, uh, we were able to do that.
1: No, it Yeah. It's it's really amazing that it's amazing that what you produced, even at the best of circumstances, so to to think about that in terms of the pandemic um, and, and doing that is is really astounding um, Jay what uh, you know your experience before you even started doing film you were um, doing things where standing up for art on bathrooms that that became welcome to everyone and everything else what was your what was your thought process there and what what kind of art do you think expresses that the best?
3: Um, I think you're referring to what we did at a at a local council that I was working uh to like like not working out, I was um just like sort of the well a young person at, honestly. Um, they had this amazing idea of redoing their bathroom doors to make them more inclusive. Um, and to make it a safe space, because bathrooms can be something that uh, like LGBT people can really struggle with, um, um, especially with just some of the negative things that have come out in the past few few years about trying to support those spaces. And we basically just painted these doors really cool colors, and like it was so cool the theme of them, and everyone had their own theme, and we put it all together with these amazing ideas, and just really just created this. Cool space and like it was something that was like just something that was important um, and an art piece in, in a room. Like they're just doors to toilets, but it was a pretty cool way of you know introducing these toilets, you could say, um, and making it inclusive. So yeah, and and not making them as gendered or like you know pink blue like or like male female. We didn't want to do that. We wanted it to be inclusive. Um, of everyone to use whichever toilet they want. Um, so that was one thing I, I have done, and then uh, and was a part of. Um, and I was just a young person who who, who was there, but I, I wasn't running it or anything. Um, but alongside that, I, we did a few other things. You know, I've done just supporting at schools, supporting with youth services online. Um, we've done like sort of just like learning about you know going to like leaders things we um we did all sorts of stuff uh to really get to where we are now um and yeah just and with the amazing support of our council honestly it comes down to that they support us so much throughout everything we've done over the last um year, like the, well, the past few years and you know against this hasn't been an easy one we've had it ups and downs and we've gone through a lot to get here but it's been an amazing opportunity, an amazing process to to go through all together, it's sort of sort of this family we've sort of um, made together.
1: Well, it's, I love I love all of your artistic expression and the colors, uh, the multiple colors. I think actually does send that message because it's I mean it's ironic the the way we look at human beings. We each have uh, we're so unique that each of us have our own unique DNA pattern that is, is not duplicated by anybody else in the world. We have our own unique fingerprints. Um, uh, how we were each created was different combinations that could have come together. And the one that did, that was uniquely us is really miraculous that it, it, you know, that the right sperm hit the right egg and boom, that was the right combination of what we became. And yet once we become a person, people want to throw us into one of two categories across the board. Um, And the idea of something other than one or two um, throws people off. Katie Couric did a a, a documentary about being transgender, and there was an interview in it where she interviewed two transgender individuals and the older person um, who was a, a transgender woman um, was rankling at the idea of anything other than the binary. It was, and to her, you were either a male or a female, or you transitioned from one to the other. Um, obviously, we're learning a lot more about that. And since you just made a film about this, what, what is your view or uh, what would you say to somebody who is struggling with that understanding? Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, but it's okay. <laughs> like I think, uh, I think it can be really hard um, to sort of process and, and to go through. Like especially someone who hasn't been through, I guess, like LGBT. Um, uh, like being in the honestly, just being in the community or haven't seen it and haven't seen the love and support that that is there, might not understand it. Maybe I don't really know. I don't understand the mindset of someone um, who thinks like, like. I don't understand the gender and sex thing where people are like, there's only two genders and you're like, actually there's not like, and why people are so close minded about the fact. Um, and I think having that education out there is the best way to conquer it because to me, the only reason someone, um, doesn't understand it or, or, puts it down or, or hates on the community is because they don't understand it. Like they haven't had the knowledge about it. It's the only thing that makes sense in my head that how can you not like someone that just wants, you know, good things for the world and just trying to be themselves. <laughs> like I don't understand the issue surrounding it. So, yeah, I just think at the end of the day, um, people need that knowledge. They need to learn those skills. And honestly, they just need to accept people for who they are at the end of the day
1: wonderful uh, Michael, did you have any other um viewpoint on that?
0: Oh look, Jay put it so beautifully there. I'm not sure I could add much more to it, but um <laughs> yeah, such yeah i yeah it's okay like again i I think it's so interesting that um people are so deeply uh impacted or offended by someone else's uh you know life and the way that they want to you know be (laughs) I I really don't know how to yeah it's quite hard to fathom how someone else uh, can make such a big deal out of something that has zero relevance or impact on their own lives so just let people um, be who they want to be and um, I think kindness always kind of prevails
1: yeah, absolutely, and, um, and, and actually I think you did add something really good there. Um, Love what Jay said as well. Um, one of the things, I mean, the, the, what you're talking about right now, um, when I look at the film, um, one of the things that impacted me greatly in watching the film was the sense of loneliness um, of the character. I mean, loneliness is almost a character in the film itself. Um, and that feeling of isolation. Um, Can you guys speak to that loneliness and and being that part of the, um, particularly the gender coming out process um, that people feel and its impact?
0: Yeah, Jane might be able to elaborate on this a bit more, but I think one of the things that was really important uh, in making this film was yeah having the loneliness kind of feel like a character in itself um you know i think a lot of the film uh the character bailey really feels like they're they're on their own for this until they they do have that um little saving grace that is um that is zach so yeah i think it just by kind of having them be so alone we really got to see the intricacies of how a non-binary person would kind of react in a space that isn't necessarily super welcoming. Um, and yeah, Jane might want to add to this, but I think that was a a really important factor, um, when we were producing the the story and making the film.
3: Yeah. I think showing that authenticity about that emotion and how that young person, um, might and really could feel was something that was important to us. And to, to replicate that in a film, um, and to show other people that, you know, there's other people that feel this way, you're not alone in this feeling of loneliness. It's like, it's that weird, like, you're not alone in this feeling of loneliness. There's other people that feel like this alone. um, And it's hopefully creating that space where you feel less alone in in how you're going through your journey. Um, And that's all we can really do as filmmakers. And I think creating that change or creating that... um, even just the talk and and the conversation surrounding this topic, and being able to show other people that there's other people out there like them, and other people out there who have and might have the exact same story as them, or have a story that's alike to them, um, was really important to us, and and to really show that that emotion of being alone is is okay, and it, it's and it's okay you feel that way, it's completely valid, and. That even though you might feel so alone as it is now, finding that safe space in, in a friend or in, or in a place um, is is really, really good and something that can be really amazing for your journey and supportive of your journey. And we all, you know, we all hopefully find that one day and, and it's just sort of showing there is that light, I guess, and you, you are okay in the end. And that's all we can really do and try and spread that, you know. Here's how it is realistically, but here's some positive sides to it of finding that space and of finding that person.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you um, also did not shy away from um, the feelings of depression, and in, in the film Mass, you actually um, imply you know a suicide attempt, um, and and parents sort of trying to cope and communicate, but doing so. Um, oh. With frustration, um, what, what are your feedback to parents who watch this film? And not only for when their kids are um, non-binary and, and coming to terms with that, but other struggles that teens have that parents aren't quite understanding. And as a parent, I can tell you there are a lot.
3: Yeah, I think it's really, I think it's hard because I think every situation is always going to be unique. Every situation between a parent or guardian to a child or a young person. And honestly, at any stage of your life when, you know, you've still got your parents or guardians around um, or just even that uh, adult sort of overlooking you, I think you will forever uh, have that bond with someone who's older than you. And, I think wanting their encouragement or like just, you know, wanting them by your side throughout something like this, it can be really important um, to do, especially a young person going through this, because it's a lot of emotions and it's a lot of heavy things. Um, so for me, I've dealt with mental health personally um, and with other people in my life as well. And I think that was something that I really wanted throughout Mars, was something that was really important to me um, to show that. In mental health was something that young people struggle with but especially LGBT young people you know we have higher rates of a lot of things and you know statistics don't always look that good when you look at them and and to show that you know that is there and it's real and there's other people that feel that way in in these episodes of um depression or with like when they're struggling with mental health um yeah so just focusing on that and creating, you know, once again, just a supportive environment um, and to have other people be able to connect to that. I think that, yeah, creating that communities and talking about different subjects is really important and creating that conversation surrounding different um, sort of communities can also be it's really enlightening and really supportive for everyone involved and also for other to, to learn. So for our parents, I think... It is hard for them to always know what to say or it's hard for them to have an understanding. And But I think for me, the biggest thing, um, especially my dad ever did for me, was just to listen and to do his best to learn and to try. Like honestly, just trying your best is so important. Just showing you're there, showing that support. Um, a lot of young people just want to make their parents proud and just showing that you're, you're proud of them and their journey and supporting them through that is huge. I think it's the it's the best thing you could ever do for your child. Um uh, is to show them that support and to, to show them that, you know, it's okay to be who they are and that you know, the whole world's diverse, you know, they're not singled out. Um yeah, so to once again create that space where they don't feel lonely and they feel accepted and they can be proud of who they are.
1: That that's excellent. And I felt it a lot in in the film when um uh, the main character in and uh, Still Me Bailey was uh, getting texts back and forth from their mom, and the mom was trying to be supportive, and, but it felt inadequate. Um, it, it felt like they, they didn't, their mom didn't get the, the impact in exactly how deep um, they were feeling things, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and watching that as a parent, I mean, if I knew my child was dealing with that at that level, I mean, I'd be right there in school with them. I'd be like, you know, you you couldn't get me out of there. Um, not just, you know, oh, yeah, I called the principal and, oh, it's okay. It's fine. You know, see you later, that type of, of, of thing. So it, well done in terms of just kind of bringing that out in a very subtle way. And the teacher as well was not cruel, but just, clueless, and that innocence kind of on her part, I think, was super impactful as well. Um, I wanted to switch gears with you a little bit, and what is next for the film? Today it premieres, so exciting. Um, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be fantastic, um, but what's next? Are you going to send it on the film uh, festival circuit? What, what, do you, what are the plans?
0: Yeah, great question. Um, well, I guess what's next is kind of just seeing the reaction from um, from all the fans and people that watch it. Um, I know we have a, a number of very um, very very passionate fans who who really enjoyed Masked. Um So I, I truly hope that we've uh, done this story justice and um, you know made it unique enough in itself to be standalone in its own film, but also give people a bit of closure um, to. To where Zach is in in his story as well, um, but yeah, the plan is uh, just getting as many people to see it as possible. Uh, we're really grateful for the support of YouTube and you know having that platform that we can um, you know reach so many people. I think when we originally spoke to you a couple of years ago about masks, that was when it was just starting to kind of pick up traction and it had about a hundred thousand views, and we were just blown away at the time then. And now it's got over 2 million. So I think, um, yeah, YouTube has become such a a great place to get about just so many different people. And from there, we'll definitely look into, uh, you know, film festivals, try to get it into as many um, circuits there as we can. And um, I guess only the future will tell us what else happens from there, depending on um, who sees it, who likes it, and who wants to make more content with us.
1: I think it will. I mean, the momentum will be there. And it's such a well-produced piece as you know, it's um, you guys have gone all out and um, it shows Um, super, super, super well done. Um, Michael, what I know Momentum Studios is kind of branching out. Um, What, what is coming up next for Momentum Studios? What, what are you looking to, to build that out even further?
0: yeah for sure I think um our our next kind of goal, especially after um you know the last couple of years we it's always exciting on release day being able to you know release something that is uh narrative based and things like that um we do a lot of work uh corporate wise and commercially as well, but I think the the main thing that we're going to look into now is um really pushing um momentum original content out uh you know, as as soon as we can to a, a really, really great standard. Um, there's lots of different shows we have that we're working on at the moment. We're about to apply some, for some uh, pr- uh, development funding through our different um, screen bodies here in Australia. So, yeah, we're really going to be spending the next couple of months um, going through and fleshing out some pitches and things like that. And we uh, thank you for complimenting the the production quality on Still Me as well. We really, really upped the uh, the production in this one to make it look and sound as good as possible. So, yeah, we're just hoping that this uh, gives us the opportunity to really, um, you know, continue making more content that creates social change. And, um, yeah, really expanding from there. We've also just um, moved into our first studio, which we're in the middle of, um, you know, fitting out and building out. So it's um, very exciting times at our momentum.
1: Perfect. And uh, is there a website that people can go to to find out more about Still Me? Yeah, totally.
0: So the easiest way to find out about Still Me would just be to search the hashtag StillMeFilm on YouTube or in Google. Um, It should come up more or less straight away if you search StillMeFilm on YouTube. Um, And you can find it there on Google as well. But you can head to MomentumStudios.com.au. Um, or to search Momentum Studios Australia or
1: Knox City Council, and you should find uh, the film in both those places. Excellent. Well, thank you both for coming on. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. Um, It is beautiful. It's spectacular. Um, I I think it will definitely make the Wear uh, Purple Day um, even more poignant and and impactful um, by its presence today. Very, very excited for you. I think um, not only for the two productions that you put out in the world, but you both are brilliant, and I can't wait to see what you you each come up with next. Um, it, is, it is very inspiring to know that you are, you are our future, and your voices and artistic visions are what are going to carry us forth. Um, I want to thank Brody for his work. Um, particularly the uh, wonderful L.A. Blade, which he is the editor for. Um, Also, in the L.A. Blade, uh, the print edition that came out uh, today, I believe, uh, has a print uh, version of the article I wrote based on our show last week with the film Firebird. And uh, the uh, online version of that um, has actually been seen by over a million people. So um, we're really excited for that attention and – um, and excited for the films that we talk about on here because they are well worth seeing and they're, they're perfect. So thank you all for participating today and I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Um, you are very valuable. Please tell your friends to also subscribe. You can find us on iHeartRadio. You can find us um, through uh, Blog Talk Radio, Google Rated LGBT Radio, and all our episodes will come up. Uh, we're excited to have your listenership. Next week, I have no idea what we're going to be doing, but I can guarantee you it will be worth listening to, and it will be fun and exciting, Um, unless something bad happens, and then we'll talk about that as well. But uh, for our team here at Rated LGBT Radio, I want to bid you good day, and thank you, and until we are able to talk again. You've been listening to Rated LGBT Radio.